If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this episode of Mind Pump, we answer fitness and health questions asked by listeners like you. What they do is they go to our Instagram page, Mind Pump Media. They post a question underneath the QA meme. That's Q-U-A-H. We pick the best questions and then we answer them. But the way we open the episode is we do our introductory conversation where we cover current events. We talk about our lives, uh, random conversation, and sometimes we mention our sponsors. Here's what we talked about in this episode. So we start out by talking about Justin's unknown food intolerances. Adam and I think he's got a couple food intolerances that he's not mm, coming to terms with. I don't. I don't agree. Yep, painting no. the painting the toilets. Mm, yeah. No. <laughs> then we talked about the Impossible Meat Company and the CEO. How he's talking about how all meat products will be replaced by uh, you know engineered Franken foods like Impossible mm, Meat. That is impossible. So we'll see. Then we talked about getting enough vegetables and how when that doesn't happen for us, it can be tough sometimes. How we like to use Organifi's green juice. Now, Organifi is an organic supplement company. They make uh, lots of different products, one of which, our favorites, is a green powder. This is a superfood powder you can put in water, mix it up. It has a nice minty flavor, um, and you drink it, and you feel good. Um, So Organifi, again, is one of our sponsors. We have a discount for you. Go to Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash mind pump. Use the code mind pump, and you'll get 20% off. Then we talked about working out, working out at gyms, working out at home. Of course, during that conversation, we mentioned PRX. They're one of the best companies for at-home quality gym equipment. They're very, very well known for their <coughs> squat racks that fold into the wall, which is great. Uh, in the past, people have complained about home gym equipment because it took up so much space. Mm-hmm. Well, their squat racks actually attach to your wall, fold out, and fold back in. Super sturdy. And of course, because you're a Mind Pump fan, Mm -hmm. you get a discount. Go to prxperformance.com forward slash Mind Pump. Use the promo code Mind Pump for 5% off and a free MAPS Prime program with a purchase of over $500. Say goodbye to Jazzercise and lift some weights. Okay. Then we talked about Iran uh, and how they, uh, looks like they're a little scared. We talked about Netflix potentially losing thousands of streamers from an article that uh, Adam read. Uh, we talked about Dave Chappelle's Mark Twain award speech. He is one of the greatest uh, comedians of all time. Mount I talked about Rushmore of awesome. I talked about do- my daughter's basketball game. It was a, a high scoring game. <laughs> Actually, it wasn't. It was like seven points total. It was. Then I talked about the IG balloon that uh, for obesity. Another great invention by. You uh, scientists West, trying to hack it. Yeah, crap. Yeah. Then we got into the fitness Failed. questions. The first question was, how should you transition to a lower volume or intensity workout routine if you think you're doing too much? So a lot of people, when they really get into working out, they overdo it. Their body stops responding. We talk about how to scale that back, the proper way to scale that back so that you can get your body to respond again. The next question, this person's about to move to a new phase of training Wants to know when it's the right time to add weight to their exercise. Like, how do I know when I should add weight to my exercises? When's it appropriate? The next question, this person says, hey, look, you guys talk about how it's not a good idea to lose weight really, really fast because then people tend to gain it back. Uh, But I've done this. I've already done this. Uh, What tips can you give me to avoid that potential weight gain? So we talk all about how to avoid the weight gain from a fast weight loss. 
And the third question. Avoid the noid. This person says, look, you guys talk about mindfulness around technology and social media. Should we do the same thing for audio media, like podcasts or audiobooks? Now, besides Mind Pump, mm. which you should listen to yeah. 24 hours a day. Yeah, stop listening to everything else. <laughs> we do think that you should practice mindfulness around everything that you do. So we talk about that in that part of the episode. Also, this month, MAPS HIT, HIT stands for High Intensity Interval Training, is 50% off. So this is a full workout program based It'll around- hit you in the face. It's all based around high intensity interval training. So- you get the program, open it up. You got exercises, you got demos, videos, you got your whole workout laid out for you. There's three levels beginner, intermediate, and advanced. The reason why MAPS hit is 50% off in January is because most people's goals in January is to burn body fat. By far, out of all of our programs, we have quite a few, MAPS hit will burn the most amount of body fat in the shortest period of time. Now, that doesn't mean it's going to fix your problem forever. After that, you need to follow up with correct exercise. But it is a very, very effective short-term fat-burning program. The workouts are intense, so uh, buyer beware. They are a bit hard, but they are short, and they are super effective. Again, it's 50% off. Here's how you get your dis discount. Go to mapshit.com. That's M-A-P-S-H-I-I-T.com, and use the code HIT50, H-I-I-T-5-0, no space, for the discount. I have a theory, Adam. What's your theory? So, the you know, theory. you know, you and I talk about when Justin's not around. How he probably has a food intolerance. <laughs> 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 we thought Dude. maybe it was cheese. Yeah, for a while. Fucking, yeah, and uh, well, the signs aren't as obvious. Bunch like of gossipers. No, no, no. We care about you, dude. Yeah. Well, uh, oh, is that, that's oh, how you care. You don't about talk me. about talk me when shit. I'm. This is, your, me, this is your uh, yeah, intervention. Yeah, yeah. In case you're wondering. <laughs> no, we never talk about you, Sal. Yeah, right. We're, we're above that. That's not what the hidden camera said. Put the video on, Doug. Um, I'm caught. No, no, it's the stickiness of the, your poop that, that I think is the problem because it hey, causes. Man. You don't have to pay that close attention to my bowel movements. I don't need to. <laughs> I walk in like, wow. It's like, dude, it's a little bit it's invasive. Like, there's been there's been a 1970 style car chase in this toilet. It's like going down <laughs> yeah. the drain. Yeah, well, Dukes of Hazard style. And yeah. It, anyway, I think it might be barbecue sauce. Oh, it's the barbecue sauce. Maybe because you put barbecue sauce on everything. I want my baby back. <laughs> he puts cheese on everything. I do. And barbecue sauce. No, you're right. <laughs> it's that, one of those I haven't even considered the barbecue sauce angle. That's uh, that's really hitting me right now. <laughs> <It's> on, <laughs> you put it on everything. I do. I love it. Yeah. It I, I put like little amounts though. I try not to get all like crazy excessive with it. No, I love your lunch was so cute yesterday because you had you had your patties, your little hamburger patties. Are you are Don't you say cute? Are you uh, a little little container? Are of you keto stuff. carnivore ish right now? What are you doing? I noticed like you had like you were eating like a full. Ish, ish is is the proper yeah, way to describe you, that. Your your lunch the last two days is uh, a lot of it's, meat. It's very meat driven. <laughs> yeah, you have lot, lot meat, of, meat is the main driver. Yeah, mostly you guys meat, haven't noticed. Not a lot of anything else. And then the rest of it is like just stuff yeah, to make the meat little garnishy taste. stuff. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. little garnishes, salt, pepper. Yeah. No, really though. Cheese. Are you are you what are you, are you following something right now? What do you, what's your uh, what's your deal? Yeah, I'm following my heart. Stop and, uh, stupid. I'm just, I'm going for <laughs> everything that I w ever wanted. No, um, no I, I, I am adding like, I'm doing little bits of it. So it, it may look a bit carnivore, uh, but I'm also adding in like, like rice. Barbecue sauce. In barbecue sauce. <laughs> it's my main, my main carbohydrate sources uh, because I figure, you know, those are like. 
my favorite. So <laughs> I'm going to make it work and I'm going to create a book and stupid people will follow it too. Hey, were you, were you a fan of the, of the McRib? When that uh, came out, hell no, dude. Like you didn't I, like it. It was all covered. I mean, in yeah, I probably would if like you, Gross, you, know, you, dude. you fed it to me and I didn't see where it came from. But if you get barbecue anything from McDonald's, that's terrible, dude. Man. Anything. You guys yeah. remember the McRib? The I never. Like, what is it? Like, like they created it. It's not even a rib. <laughs> no, it's not. There's you no rib in it's it. Like, it was like gel, gelatinous stuff <laughs> that they just like put in a mold. And it's like, like the, have you guys ever seen how they make chicken nuggets? Yeah, oh, it's horrific. Yeah. I watched, I think... Uh, actually, actually, for, for people listening right now who are all like pro-collagen protein, chicken nuggets are packed full of collagen yeah. protein. Oh, it is. Because it's everything. Yeah. yeah. They, Same thing with hot dogs. It's mostly that. Yeah. It's mostly How like funny the is that? bone ligaments. That's where I get my organ meat. Yeah, chicken buttholes and... Yeah. Yeah, all kinds of... What was... There was, a, there was a, a, ACLs and PCLs from the chicken. There was a yeah. guy that was doing like a tour in the United States and he was going and talking to all these kids about, you know, eating healthier and he... That was one of the demonstrations. That's actually the first time I ever actually saw how they made it and he showed... He had all these kids sitting down in front of him and he's like grinding up all the the bone and cartilage and everything like that and then he makes these little round little you know mm-hmm. nuggets yeah. and then he fries them up delicious See, that never works on me if i was it didn't work for the kids exactly the kids are like yeah i'll have yeah. one he's like jesus that didn't work <laughs> it's just so like play yeah i'm watching as an adult going like oh disgusting that's Bro, what they're eating they show- eat boogers you know like it's you're not gonna get well you show kids. a kid how steak is made that'd be terrible too here's a cow oh become friends with it <laughs> You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Dead cow. There's your food. I don't know. That's not as gross to me as like the- It's, it's a little dark cell. Yeah. I'm just saying. That yeah. is dark. Well, you know the Impossible Meat Company? You guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. Oh, you got some info too. Yeah. Did, maybe got, you did the same thing. Yeah. About their expansion of products? No, I didn't. What's that? Yeah. So they got sausage. Uh, they got like some pork, uh, you know, pretend pork thing that they're throwing out too. Yeah. So they're going to like have a whole variety of, of uh, what used to be known as animals. Yeah. So the CEO of Impossible Meat, um, which, you know, 20 years ago, 15, 10 years ago, you Google Impossible Meat, you're not going to get a, a vegan food company. Just going <laughs> to let you guys know right ahead, right, right now. But, <laughs> yeah. but he comes out and says that he thinks that he's going to, that they're going to wipe all meat products off the, off the market. Mm. That that we need first of all he we need came to out do and it. said that yeah we mm. need to do it and because that's the best thing to do and that's what he thinks and is going to we'll happen. be wiping our butts with their stuff yeah yeah, yeah. good luck with so, that buddy you know what's funny about their stuff is it's not it's not healthy e- mm. even if you just look at it from a macro standpoint it's the same it's like Pretty, vegetable oil and everything else yeah right? it's the same macro profile even if you go from that standpoint but it ain't it ain't any healthier yeah. but boy those companies are raking in the money right now aren't they oh yeah yeah. From the perceived, uh, uh, you know, benefit or whatever, from people thinking it's better, and they can patent it. Mm-hmm. Have they have they funded any of all these documentaries? Do you know if they're behind any of them? I would think so. I would I, think it so wasn't too. a document, but uh, yeah, I would think well, so. Well, I know Game Changers, uh, James Cameron and Arnold Schwarzenegger were invested in a vegan supplement company. I knew that. Yeah, that but I'm curious about just Impossible Burgers in general. If they, I mean, I would think they probably hopped on the What the Health bandwagon or the Game Changers, one of those, and probably threw some money at what it. What are they, you know, you think that they would, but maybe would they, they're smart enough not to because that might might hurt them. Look too biased. Yeah, yeah, it might look a little too biased. What are the other brands? There's Impossible Meat, and then there's there's other competitors, aren't there? Yeah, there are. Ah, uh, I don't, uh, Meatless 
Stupid. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't remember it right Justin's now. Justin's on fire. I know. I'm sorry. Did you guys see me uh, uh, just mouth the the green the Organifi green juice? I just <laughs> opened the packet and just. Oh, the, how'd that work out for you? Didn't work. Yeah. No, <laughs> it's too much. It's too. You have to mix it in water. You can't do like what you do with other supplements, where you just pour it in your face and then, and then drink it. You got to yeah. mix it in water. It doesn't work. <laughs> but I, I did it because uh, because I didn't have any vegetables this morning. That's where I find the value. That's mm. really it. Hundred percent. You don't have your vegetables? Throw that in a little bit. Well, I mean, that's probably why it's one of of all the things that we use uh, and products that we have. Um, I, I would say the Organifi green juice is up there with probably one of the ones I utilize most, and it's not because. I think everybody should take one every single day. It's because personally, uh, if there's an area in my diet that you know I, I struggle to be consistent with, it's you know getting at least two to three big servings of vegetables every day. That's when I, I feel. That's when I feel best. And I it's feel about two or three. Yeah, a day. yeah, two, three big ones, good mm-hmm. size, not like you know four asparagus spears, like a good yeah. size mm-hmm. serving of vegetables at all your major uh, meals. And when and a lot of times I don't. Now when I'm preparing my food and doing things like consistently, I, I'm great with that. But when we travel or I'm inconsistent with my prep, uh, yeah, that's an, an area that I notice a big difference when I do and I don't do it. And when I supplement with the green juice, it's probably one of the best things that uh, I've started to do for myself personally. That's why I did that. What are your go-to vegetables? Do you guys have like go-to mm-hmm. uh, Brussels sprouts, broccoli? And uh, yeah, I like asparagus. That's one of mm-hmm. my favorites. I'm those a big, three. big spinach, big spinach, and those. So mm-hmm. those are those are my. I'm probably broccoli's probably the least. I like broccolinis. Mm. So I like and Sal really was the one that got me on that because uh, he used to remember he used to make those big ass bowls of broccolini. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and he'd bring them in the studio stink time. Up the whole house. Yeah, but they taste good though. I really like. I, I don't yeah, know what it is good. if it's a texture thing or what, but broccolinis versus broccoli It just has more flavor. Is that what it is? It, yeah, it has way more flavor. Yeah, so I I, I, li- I like broccolinis a lot. I do a lot of spinach. I love doing like spinach and mushrooms and onions and mm. saute it in ghee. You oh. want to talk about you want to talk about companies uh, trying to put out media to influence people? You know that. Popeye, you know, remember the cartoon Popeye? Oh, yeah. And how he got strong? He ate. So I have to explain this because 100% people <laughs> listening right now, who's Popeye? Anybody under 30 is like, yeah. who are you talking about? So Popeye was this really popular cartoon, older than we were. But Has it, it gotten to be that? Like, yeah, we, dude. Were Pop- kids, your kids Nobody don't, knows who he is. Your no. kid, you guys' kids yeah. don't know who Popeye is. I, I forced them to watch my it. Kid, my kids might know because I made them watch it, but oh, wow. Pop- Popeye's older than we are. Yeah. So Popeye first came out, I want to say in the 50s. Uh, it's it, that old? Yeah, wow. the first ones were black and white. Yeah. 1929. Oh, even before. Holy oh, shit, Doug really remembers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Like back, back I remember when I was seeing a teenager. It for the first time. Doug's like yeah. on my fifth birthday. I remember yeah. when it went live. Yeah. <laughs> That's when he was before he was, when he was babysitting Moses back in those days. So, uh, um, so let but, my people go. So <laughs> he taught him that. Yeah, he uh, said that. So uh, Popeye, the cartoon Popeye, was I believe paid by I believe the spinach industry. Oh no way! Yeah, influenced Popeye to eat spinach to show off his strength. Yeah. Um, now they thought it was a good thing because they were trying to get pe- kid, they were trying to increase iron levels in kids' diets. And they had to move spinach. And, so, and back in those days, you know, uh, didn't really use supplements or whatever. So it was. So how do we get kids to eat more spinach? And it was let's make a cartoon where he eats the spinach and gets super strong. And I'm gonna tell you something. Brilliant. If worked, yeah, it did worked work. for me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When I was a kid, I who no kid likes spinach. I remember the the song and everything. Yeah, yeah, I was all about it. Yeah, it 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 doesn't taste good at all. I was probably ten, 
and I watched Popeye cartoons at my grandfather's house yeah. and immediately went upstairs, asked my grandmother to make spinach. And she was like, you know, what my favorite was he would roll his sleeve up and you would see him getting like more jacked as after he ate it. And then he'd have a tattoo of like either like a, a ship, ship, yeah, battleship or a <laughs> naked lady or I something. I thought it was a, like, uh, wasn't it a, um, a anchor tattoo? Yeah, an anchor. Well, there, it was, yeah. He had like various tattoos for some reason. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they changed yeah, the would decades. Just, like, yeah. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Get you know, it. you know what, uh, why I think I didn't eat a lot of vegetables was we grew up in the, uh, you know, margarine, stay away from fat, like fat's bad for you era. Country crock. And right. All that stuff. Uh-huh. And, and so, you know, if you were going to eat vegetables, which were something healthy for you, you most certainly wouldn't pair it with what we were, what was demonized at that time, like butters and oils and things like that. So it was steamed vegetables, you know, and as a kid, you were eating steamed. It's like as bland and as boring as, as boring as it could be. It wasn't until I got much older did I start, and I obviously learned that you know fat isn't bad for mm-hmm. us, and that in fact you know olive oil and butter and things like that can actually be really healthy for us in moderation. And so I once I started to you know cook with the oils and the fats, my vegetables, man, vegetables become phenomenal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it, I got ruined. My mom would microwave the, the hell out of it and turn it into like like this rubbery plastic mush, like, disgusting soup. Ugh. Yeah. And then you try and then, oh, I know I'll make it taste better. Drown it with butter and salt and all this other stuff. And then I was just like basically drinking it in. It was it was horrible. Oh, that's yeah. well, it, you remind me of a conversation I was having with someone uh, in, in my DMs. They were talking about how like how they can get around not enjoying exercise, why they, they, they hate it so much and how they can, you know, what can I do? I don't like working out. So what can I do? And I said, well, you have to learn to like it. And, the, and, and they're like, well, what do you mean? I said, okay, well, are there any foods that you hated when you were a kid, but as you got older, you just learned to enjoy, for example, coffee or olives or maybe Alcohol. some like stinky yeah. cheeses or beer or stuff like that. And I said, you have to change your mindset. I did this to myself with uh, seafood. I hated seafood when mm-hmm. I was a kid. I liked tuna fish, maybe, but that was it. Or shellfish or any other kind of fish, disgusting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then when I got older, I learned of the health benefits of seafood, and I got really into fitness. I learned that shellfish are very high sources of, of cholesterol and how cholesterol helps build muscle. So I went in with a completely different mindset. Didn't change the taste of the food, but I changed yeah. my perception. So rather than changing the food, change yourself. Or rather than changing the workout, sometimes you have to go into it, change your perception. I think sometimes we resist and hate things so much that we have this fixed mindset like, I'll never like this. I hate exercise, therefore I'll always hate it. Yeah, I don't think so. I also think it's the approach. It's the approach and then what you attach it to, Mm -hmm. right? So many people, uh, one, approach fitness uh, too extreme, too fast. And then it's also you, you attach it with like the scale or instant results, right? Like I want... I'm, I'm exercising because I'm fat and I want to get leaner or I want to build muscle. And so you put, and then you go as hard as you can. And then you're, you're measuring that like, ah, I'm not buffer today, yeah. you know, or I didn't lose the, the, I haven't lost any weight yet. Yeah. Therefore I hate it. Yeah. Therefore yeah. I hate it versus, okay, one, that's just, that's just one thing that fitness does, right? It just, it can lose fat and gain muscle from lifting weights. But think of all the other things that it does. Think about your, your stress levels throughout the day. Think about your sleep. Think about your energy, how consistent it is. Feel your strength, your mood. How about this? How about learning to enjoy struggle, controlled struggle? Right. You know, challenging yourself in a controlled environment is a phenomenal way to, to build confidence and feel better about yourself. We actually, our bodies... And our minds actually crave challenge. This is why people can oftentimes get depressed when they have no 
sense of purpose or challenge. So when you go into the gym and you're working out, you know, sometimes enjoying just enjoying the struggle and the challenge is all you need. And once you enjoy that, well, of course, you can always struggle with exercise. And so it's always going to be something that you, yeah, uh, if you're too comfortable, it will yeah. never change. Well, yeah. well, I think well, it, well, this this particular individual. Uh, so you know, we were talking about all this, and I'm like, change your perception, whatever. And they were saying how they don't like the gym, they don't like the crowds, especially in January. They don't like the, uh, feeling uncomfortable in the weight room. I don't know what I'm doing, and I feel like people are looking at me. So every time I go to work out, it's like this weird. And I'm like, look, I can totally, I totally understand that. So I said, have you thought about working out at home uh, to kind of eliminate that and build a good relationship with exercise at home before you go to the gym? Because I think that's a good strategy. I think. If you're intimidated by the gym and you're in, in or you don't, we don't want to go in that type of an environment, why not build a, a good relationship with exercise first on your own yeah. and then bring that new relationship into the gym? Um, and then they, they, that made a lot of sense. That have, resonated quite a bit. Have you guys seen the listener that has built himself? He's, he's actually ordered the PRX set up in his garage and then he has a plasma TV that's up in the corner and he actually will watch like our YouTube videos or follow oh, our yeah. programs. And then he's literally such a rad idea. I've seen that. I've seen a lot of people posting examples of their own home gym setup, and it's like, wow, they, they make, they maximize the space so effectively. But I do love that having a TV and then they could just like go through those exercises. Well, it's, and get taught the it's same so time. easy now with yeah. with smart TVs and God, we just we just bought some for the Tahoe place, right? That I mean, you can go to Costco and get a fifty five inch for four hundred bucks right now. Isn't that it's crazy, like, right? It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. You mount that Internet up, Internet ready. Yeah, or, exactly. You plug it in. You don't need anything. You stream directly right to it. So you pull up YouTube or you pull up our programs and you log right in. Let's do our thirty days of coaching, boom, right? Right. right. There. So if you're somebody who's like that, who and I understand that the intimidation to go inside the gym is uh, can, can stifle. A, a lot of people from from even going and, and, and exercising. It's like, hey, start in your own place. Totally. And you know, in the past, <clears throat> you if you wanted to work out at home, you wanted a home gym, either equipment was terrible, because like the first equipment that I got yeah. was like the Bowflex. It was like yeah, or super they were super expensive. Yeah. Or I got like the cement, the plastic uh, you know, cement filled weights <laughs> oh, yeah. with the skinny barbell. Oh, the sand in them. Yeah, the, or sand and yeah. it was you know, the bench or whatever. It was you drop it through, by school. about the fourth time you drop it, it cracks and then sand starts <laughs> yeah, up. Terrible. Yep. And if you wanted good equipment, you could buy good equipment, but it was commercial, took up a ton of space and it was super expensive. But the home market now has gotten so good where, you know, for example, you know, we work with PRX, right? You can get uh, a rack that folds into the wall so it's flat. So now it doesn't take up as much space. Yeah. And you don't have to pay it all up front. You can pay monthly like a gym membership. So now you pay monthly yeah. and you have a full you gym. You can set almost put everything on the wall. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's like they've they got so much storage options now where you could just like anything you could think of, like the kettlebells, like they have like a whole setup for a, like a cable machine that you'd basically attach to the rack. Like it's pretty crazy. And what, awesome. I, what I love about that too, and, and I've coached people to do this, is you get something like that set up at your place and instead of overwhelming yourself with you know a crazy intense program or all the stuff you need to do you, you get in there and you and you practice a couple moves yeah two or three three two or three movements yeah that's it you're doing some you're doing a couple 90 90 drills and, and you're following it for on the YouTube channel or whatever while you're right there in your, in your garage working out or you pick an exercise like a squat and you just go out there and you practice the movement of it I mean that's I think that I don't know why um I don't know why we we've gotten away from that, and we we tend to make everybody think that they have to do this, you know, crazy 
workout where they're drenched in sweat and you got to go all these days every single week to be it's like if you weren't doing any of this stuff before by and it's like with the, the new year's resolution uh, episode we just did it's like you know decide you get your setup and you say hey you know what i'm gonna do is every day i'm gonna come out and i'm gonna do two sets yeah. of squats for 15 reps and just try and get better at it that's like, it well yeah. dude it's because everybody like they're looking for somebody misery loves company it's the, it's the mentality going into the gym it's like i'm punishing myself i need to have you know other people around me while i'm going through this you know crazy process and it, it just doesn't need to be like that at home workouts led them uh, they lend themselves better to that approach when you go to a gym it's hard to drive to the gym and spend 15 minutes and leave you go to the gym like oh God, I got to spend a whole hour, you know, here or whatever. I love doing the all day workouts where I'm at home, I'm not coming here to work. Maybe I'm working from home or whatever, mm-hmm. and so I'll do, you know, a few sets every other hour. I'll just, you know, in between whatever I'm doing, I'll go out there yeah. in the garage, do some squats, do some bench press, or if you're doing correctional exercise, get down on the floor. Yeah, I'll minutes. do one exercise for you know like 20 minutes or something. I'll come back to it later, do a different exercise, and kind mm-hmm. of split up my whole workout. Mm-hmm. Anyway, did you guys uh, you guys see what ha- what the what the deal with Iran, the new the news that came out this morning? No. Uh, so the Ukrainian commercial airliner that went down in Iran. Oh, I did see about that. Yeah, there's, it was Iran that shot them down. Oh shit! Yeah, they shot them. They they mistakenly. I, they was probably, it was it full? Yes. Oh, it wow. had passenger like regular passengers on it. They how, shot it down. How many people died? 170, I think. Wow, yeah, that they, is not. They good. shot them down. Um, and the other news is that they came out and said so. So obviously, we killed uh, their one of their generals um, with a which which this is this is crazy. By the way, we used the drone and took this general out and one other person. One other, I think and that's was, it. That's it. Two people. In, wasn't there a bunch of people in the in the room? Dude, so precise now with how we can kill people, which is kind of scary, Yeah, you know, with that kind of precision. But anyway, we took them out. They're like, we're going to retaliate. They shot rockets at a U.S. air base uh, in Iraq, which, by the way, Iran gave us warning ahead of time. Kind of interesting. Yeah, hey, we're going to shoot some rockets. Nobody got hurt. Now Iran is like, we're done. We're not. We're done. We've retaliated. You know, we're we're even now. So some people have speculated that that's them just trying to so they could show their nation that we're not back. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah, but it really deep down, they're like, we don't want to fuck anybody up. So they call the U.S. ahead of time. They're like, <laughs> yeah. hey, just so you know, we're going to throw some rockets over yeah, here. Yeah. So you want to clear your people out. You we're know, not going to try and get all upset. Yeah, 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 yeah dude, we, we kind of have to do this. Totally. Like, and yeah. it's and it's uh, wow. This politically speaking, this is going to work really, really well, I think, for for Trump. Although right now the, uh, the Congress is they're they're trying to figure out a way to block his abilities to do anything else uh, to Iran, which I support. I think Congress should do that every time we yeah. go and kill anybody. Right. Um, but I know they're doing it. Just Did to you fuck see with them. the? I saw the the video that Hodge twins put up. I think yesterday day before the the people that were walking in circles until until to protest. Yeah, to until protest. He was removed from office. Some some <laughs> yeah. people need to protest better. <laughs> just thought it was hilarious. Do you remember when? Do you remember when when the election was over and people were screaming at the sky? Did you see that protest? No, I didn't see. It. Yeah, they're just screaming at the sky. Yeah. That was their, that was the whole protest. <laughs> like, wow. Yeah, not That's, a lot of thought went into that. <laughs> no, I don't think. <laughs> but anyway, um, I th- I think he's got. Uh, I think it, it worked politically for him. I don't want to speculate too much on the foreign affairs. I'm I'm usually almost always anti-war, um, yeah. but so interesting. 
We'll see what happens. Yep. Weren't you saying yesterday, Adam, that Netflix was losing a lot of streamers because someone- Yeah, but I don't know. It's interesting you brought that up because the reason why I didn't bring it up was because <laughs> as I started to dig into it, I couldn't find anything else to support that article that I read. So I don't know. Uh, it you was- know how accurate it is. Yeah, it came, from a, it came from what I thought was a reputable web- website, but I- And I don't know. Here's a funny thing about the, the internet, which it's, you know, you can do this stuff if you have a lot of power like Netflix. That article could have been true- but when you search Netflix and streaming and some other, they co- own the first two pages. Oh yeah, so it's like you, they bury every everything else around it. Huh. So I'm not sure how true it was. It, now the article said that that they were losing a ton of streamers, uh, like a, it was like a thousand thousand a day for so many days because some uh, competitor came on called MovieFlex that or flicks that is uh, offering a free service. Now I started to search that company and I couldn't find any information, which is what led me to believe that it wasn't yeah. a true article or not. So maybe somebody who's listening uh, can confirm or deny. What and that's it. always interesting. Cause if it's free, you know, it's like, okay, how long is this going to exist? You know, maybe they're trying to buy all those customers and get people to kind of go over to their platform. But if it's not as good, you know, it's not going to last. Well, that's the, isn't that the new game though? That's the game with, uh, with this new economy, yeah, is to bleed money to gather, mm-hmm. you know, uh, well, an attention, audience. Attention, attention is the new attention is the new commodity for sure. Just having attention, it's not about how much people are spending necessarily up front. If you can just get the attention yeah. of X amount of people, like you've got a viable business. And so, a lot of these tech companies, that's what they. They, they know they're not going to make money. We're not going to make money yeah, for five there's years. There's lots of companies that aren't aren't yeah. profitable right now, but we consider them very successful companies just because they have so much attention right now. Which is it's a scary model when you think about it. Like you're yeah. you're, you're you're planning on it all going your way, and you never know what could potentially well, happen. Fa- I mean, Facebook. That's how Facebook exploded. Mm-hmm. Facebook. If you guys recall, when they first went public, they weren't very profitable. A lot of people speculated that it was you know it was very risky. Um, to invest in a company like Facebook because people are just betting that the company is going to make lots of money. Um, and look at them now. Now, what's interesting, I, I read this article like through CES again, like they were kind of talking about what the trends are going to be, you know, going forward. And they're talking about the main companies like that, like Google, Facebook, Apple, everybody else, uh, Amazon. And the the latest thing is to try and and present like more privacy options and show you where all your data is going and all that kind of stuff. So like that's the comp. You mean competitors are gonna start showing that? Yeah, well, so like uh, for instance, like Amazon or Facebook. Let's go with Facebook first. They they have like a way for you for you to track how actually your data is being uh, captured, and then you can. There's going to be like an, a pull down option for you to kind of trace back like what they're doing with it and everything. So oh, that's interesting. It's almost like they're they're trying to. I don't know if it's like full transparency or they're just like sh- like trying to show the public, <laughs> hey, we're trying, you know. And then uh, the other one was the Amazon Alexa, you know, and all that like mm-hmm. voice, you know, stuff like they're. They're they're trying to show that that they're stopping it after a certain point, now, so it doesn't keep it, collecting. It's such, a, it's such an interesting conversation and debate, I think. And uh, I, I go back and forth on where I stand on this thing because I don't know as a, as a consumer, I, I appreciate right now that you know I go I get on a a platform like Facebook voluntarily. Okay. I put out all of my information voluntarily and show them what I like and, and, you know, do things consistently. And, you know, they've built an algorithm to track and pay attention to all that. And now they use that to, to market to me. Do I think that's manipulative? I think it's fucking smart. 
And do, does it really bother me that they, they do that? Not really, because now I'm being fed the stuff that I'm interested in anyways. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, it's, and I, I, and I, and we, and I, I know there, there's always exceptions to rule, right? Just like there's evil, there'll yeah, always be, double-edged sword. there'll always be evil people in this world. We'll never be able to get rid of all the evil. It's just in, in, impossible. So are there examples of where people have used this information for manipulative reasons or for militia or bad things, right? Yeah. Yeah, of course there is. But do I think that, that that's a majority of how this, this information is being used? No, I think most of these companies want to make more money. And this is helping them make more money, and it's also and the reason why they can make more money is because they're providing a better service for us. That's yeah, the, I don't I don't have a problem with any of that. The only issue I have is if they go if they do things that they didn't tell you, right? If they go against right, their, so this sounds like they're it's going to be like complete transparency. So right? that that to me sounds like what they're trying to do. It's is, a good move. Yeah, they're trying to stay ahead of potential future lawsuits yeah controversies or, yeah and stuff. whatever yeah. so it's like hey we're gonna court get, hearings yeah we're gonna get because i don't really think there's a huge market for it yet like nobody's leaving social media that we don't see droves of people signing off facebook because of anything or amazon or google no i, I think people honestly don't care because nothing bad is well happened. that's everybody bitches about it but then nobody does like the simplest thing that you can to, to avoid it nobody like, nobody I mean, cares because right that's the no, general public's move uh, yeah anyway so what i <laughs> it's like i want all the benefits yeah. from it and i'm going to use it like crazy and stuff like that but i don't want them to do this with it so i'm going to whine about it but then i'm not going to remove myself from it so no yeah, that, that's just, all you have to do the o- only opt out the only scary thing is if they are giving your information to agencies that have the power to legislate yeah. or to jail or to kill, which would be the governments. So that's the time that I would be like, no, no, no. Yeah, we're because, in bed together. Yeah, that's you don't. Problem. I mean, imagine politicians having all access to all of that information, and then imagine how a politician in power can now shut down opponents because they have all this information <laughs> on those people. They know everything that they're doing, everything they're not doing. So somebody comes up and threatens their ideas with maybe a better idea, but they can shut them down mm-hmm. because they have all this information. And that's 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 the real problem. I don't care about these private companies doing this kind of stuff because at the end of the day, they can't force me to do anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but governments can force the fuck out of you. They do it all the time. So that's when I have a problem. And there has been, there definitely is evidence that governments have met with these agencies and said, hey, you got to put a back door in here for us yeah. so we can see, you know, what's I going just, on. Yeah, I guess uh, I appreciate that at least, you know, they're they're trying to make a response to the public's view of, of what's been going on. You know, it's like, okay, let's address it by just being like, here, here, you know, we are using it for this purpose and that. And then you can opt out if you want. You yeah, know? we'll yeah. see. What'd you guys think of uh, Dave Chappelle's uh, speech on the Mark Twain thing? That was the first oh, time oh, is a uh, Mark Twain Award? Yeah. Uh, I think Dave Chappelle is the, he's the most brilliant comedian and one of the most brilliant commentators he just speakers. like uh, he, i already liked him he just went up another notch he's and, elevated and, substantially over the last oh, year so, or two that's how i feel like i've always kind of liked him like i was always always a fan of his work but man the, his last stand-up that he did um and that speech that he just did was just a just a powerful so speech. punctual yeah, yeah he's a huge supporter of free speech obviously he's a comedian um and comedians they say the stuff Comedy is, a, is really a big part of comedy is being able to say the things that you can't really say seriously, mm-hmm. but you can joke about. And, there's a, and we've, already, we've talked about the importance of that in society. Uh, comedy plays a very, very vital role in letting down, you know, getting the, the, the situation to de-escalate a little bit, to bring things to light in a, com- in a comedic manner that maybe we can't talk about seriously yeah. yet. Right. Um, and he, he's a very, very big proponent of free speech. But what, I liked what he said, though. He goes, 
the First Amendment is the first because it's the most important. And, he, and then he makes the joke. He goes, the Second Amendment is there just in case it doesn't work out, yeah. Yeah. which I thought was absolutely hilarious. <laughs> yeah. But a lot of people are confused over free speech. They they think they think that, oh, if a speech is bad um, or if we all don't like it, then it's it should be- It's protecting everybody's feelings. We should, be, we should ban it. But the, that's the reason why it's there. It actually- It's not there to protect the speech that nobody is offended by. That's it's right. there to protect the speech that is. Yes. It, it, freedom of speech doesn't exist to protect popular speech. Popular speech needs no protection. It's literally there to protect speech that's unpopular. Now, sometimes that means it's shitty speech, yeah. you know, that I would consider shitty. Sometimes it's racist things or hateful things. But but really, what it exists there, it's there to protect all speech. And sometimes it's stuff against. You're saying stuff against the government. You're right. saying stuff against tyranny or or. Maybe the, the maybe the current laws everybody agrees on, but they're at one point slavery was perfectly legal. And imagine if the government came out and banned, yeah. you know, people's ability to speak out against it. Imagine if, if Martin Luther King was jailed just for, for speaking out, right? Mm-hmm. So we have to have that. And his speech was phenomenal. And that was that was kind of the gist the gist of it, right? Yeah, right, right. he did an awesome job. Yeah, I loved it. Dude, uh, um so last night I went to my daughter's basketball game. Oh, dude! You sent me a text <laughs> yeah. at halftime. You sent me a text. It, it was, was three nothing, three to zero at halftime. Yeah, yeah, uh, wow. Full game. Okay. Full game score was four to seven. The whole game. <laughs> oh. Now, now they're they're, they're they're this is basketball. This isn't uh, soccer. Yeah, so no, that's, uh, they're if fourth grade. So it's fourth grade. You yeah. know, uh, kids. Epic. Dude. All you know, girls teams yeah, or whatever. That's, that's high. And high score. Um, you you know, most of them have never played basketball before, so you're watching them learn and play for the first time, mm-hmm. and it was just so. Fun. It has to. I mean, when you have that low of a score in a basketball game, a bucket, the crowd has to be oh, right. just crazy. Everybody goes nuts. I bet. <gasps> every, and every time they shoot, you know, I don't care who's shooting. It's like, yeah. like come on. You want them to make it so yeah. bad. But my daughter was like, <laughs> it's funny when you you know I have two kids, so I can compare their attitudes a little bit. And my daughter's aggressive. Yeah. She's like really she's like the more competitive one. She's they're both competitive. They're just competitive differently. Mm-hmm. And she's aggressively competitive, which is different than my son. My son is competitive, but he won't be aggressive in your face. She's like getting in there and she doesn't, she's never played bad. I never play basketball, so I never play it with her. So she doesn't really know how to play. At one point she gets the ball and runs the wrong way. Because she gets oh, excited. Yeah. Ah, yeah. I got it. She runs the wrong way. We're like, go the other way. You know, she had, <laughs> that happens. She had to turn around after the game was over because they lost, right? Seven to four. Uh, they lost, and and she was kind of like her face was, and I'm like, it's funny how I coach her versus coaching my son. I I have to be careful. I can't push her too hard because she pushes herself. Sure, so does hard. it herself. Yeah. Yes, so I have to be the other side. So yeah. I have to be like, no, That's no, how no. My youngest is too. I'm like, yeah. no, no, no. You did good. You tried really hard. You know this and that. With my son, sometimes I'll push him a little bit more and be like, you could have tried harder. Yeah. So I have to give them a little bit of a different. But did you guys see the the video that Craig put up? I thought it was really cute of his daughter and him. Oh, when he was talking to her about losing. Yes. Yeah, that was uh, cute. He's yeah. play, I forget what game he's playing with. There, great video. Our buddy Craig Caperso. If you guys don't follow him already, he's a good friend of ours. Uh, and he put up a video. I think just like two a few days back. Uh, it's I think it's one of the most recent videos, and it's him talking to his daughter. Uh, it's really cute, uh, but you could see. I mean, talk about having his genes in her in him, right? Like super competitive. Craig is definitely very competitive person. Yeah. Uh, so neat to see him uh, as a father and having to talk to her because I think he beat he beats her. You know, he beats her in a game, and she's so upset that he said that he, and he's like trying to teach her like you want you don't want me to <laughs> you lose. Gotta be a good loser. Yeah, and you, a good you don't winner. want me to intentionally lose to you just for, and you and you know I love that because. You know, how many times have you seen parents do this? I've mm-hmm. seen this uh, where they will intentionally lose to their kids. 
you know, yeah. so that that they get to That's win ridiculous. and celebrate all the time. And they'll, my they'll, kids never win. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that. But play they play soft or play easy, and you know, I don't think you realize. I mean, and you're doing it. So they have more enjoyment. I understand the the idea behind there, it, but I think you should do that sometimes. But I don't think you should do that all times. You know, when they, when they when they observe uh, rats playing together, one rat will dominate the other one, but the, but it lets the other rat win. I think it's one out of every five times. Otherwise, the rat will want to stop playing. So that's what you do with your kids. You what let they, them win every once in a while. Interesting rats yeah, playing. What are they playing? Yeah, what did you uh, so so this, no, these are animal studies. Cheese ball. No 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> These are animal let's studies. Hear let's, let's hear this. They do animal studies on, on Throw rats. Throw a cat in there. And they, no, and they'll. Fucking run away from the cat. And rats play with each other. Yes, yeah. they do. And they, the way they dominate each other is one pins the other one down. Okay, I got to explain all the fucking whole damn study for you guys. I swear to God. Well, if you're going to use a rat study to be an analogy for your kids, well, I want to hear the whole well, fucking no, thing. Well, man. no, think about it this way. Think about anything that you've ever done. If you're, as a kid, if you get completely destroyed every single time, you don't want to play anymore. It's like a video game. Yeah. A video game can't be so hard that you can't do anything. Right. But it needs to, it's, it's just but, crushing at that yeah, point. Yeah. So you, you, you want to play with a kid to let them win sometimes, but also you win sometimes. But there are parents that let their kids win all the time, every yeah. single time. Yeah. That's, you know, that's an interesting thought because I, I, I'm not there yet. Right. So I, I'm, I'll be curious to see how I would handle that because um, I, 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 you know, I was very competitive growing up. But losing never discouraged me not to play. Hmm. Losing, and I don't know, maybe uh, I got lucky with with who first explained that. I don't even remember, right? But I do remember that like losing for me was like an opportunity to be better at it. And I, I liked I liked the game or I liked whatever it was that I was doing enough that I wanted to be better at it. And it never made me, I never quit a, a game or a thing because I was not good at it. Yeah. You know, I, I, it just drove me further to be better at it. And so I think there's even a lesson in there for kids who you whoop up on them every time. Yeah. It's like you, you like to listen. It's not bad that you're losing. It just shows that there's lots of opportunity for you to be better at this. Let dad help you. Get yep. better and practice. And so learn. long as they, as they as they learn to enjoy some of that, right? Yeah, yeah. You don't yeah, want to and, whoop and, up well, on. well, I'm also explaining from a dad who's not a dad who's played well, games yet. With it, so you might be right. I mean, I'm a lot like that, but at the same time, and I joked about that. But it's you know, I, I will still try to engage them while we're playing and make it fun. Yeah. You know, but I'm I'm not letting them win. You know, like, that's a difference. <laughs> I see. I'm like Justin. I think I feel. I feel but like I'm, I'm like, oh man, like I, I encourage. You almost had me. Yeah, like that was really close. That was a great shot. You know, this and that. And then SWAT. Yeah, you're not fucking making that. Yeah. That kind of a thing. So you lie to them? That was close. No, it was really good. No, I, I, no, I only tell them if it was good. You Just, know? Justin's like, kids are going to grow up and beat the shit out of them. He's old enough, <laughs> in a wheelchair, push them over, get up. 100%. And that's, that's my motivation. <laughs> to stay, to stay in shape. Dude, I saw a disturbing video on uh, Facebook this morning. Um, it was It's called the IG Balloon. I think IG stands for intra. Ga Instagram? No, it's not an Instagram. It's not an Instagram <laughs> balloon. Uh. IG balloon for weight loss. Maybe Doug can find it on YouTube. Oh. So these are pills. Oh my god! Here you we go. swallow this pill, fills up your stomach it, like a balloon. It, it turns into this. Oh like, my god! This like I don't know what it's filled no with. No potential risks at all. But it says inner inner material, right? So it expands in your stomach and it's permanent. Permanent? It's, it just just stays in your stomach. Whatever happened to the one that we talked about on the show like four years ago? I think I brought it. Uh, it oh, was, where you had like a hole? Yes. And then you'd like <laughs> drain it basically? Yeah. Do you remember the name of that? It was FDA approved too. Do you, that, do was, you, that was a disgusting no, that was called the, the, product. Dude, I can't believe that. Yeah, this is it right here. 
This is the IG balloon right here. Okay. So if you, Doug, maybe you can push play on the video. And what material is this made out of? Because your some, body's got to recognize it as a foreign, uh, you know, invader at some point. It says inert, you know, like it uh, yeah, has no reaction yeah, to the right, body. Dude. Yeah. So you swallow the pill and it sticks. It, it, look at this commercial. They're trying to make it look so like. Oh, it's a surgeon guy. Yeah. Hi. Hey. I'm going to help you. Do you ever I, you have a doctor? Whenever I see, oh, so he's a real doctor. See, I was gonna say, I, whenever I watch these, I always wonder if they're even real doctors. Now nah, there's they a video, lab coats on yeah. them. There's a video on YouTube, Doug, that shows like, the, oh, there you go. I'm look a at, look pharmacist. At, look at this. So you swallow the pill, it goes down, and then it just expands. Dude, these videos it's, are my favorite. And then it just stays there forever. Yeah, it just lives in your stomach. If you want to get them removed, they have to do an endo endoscopy. <laughs> it's like a stomach buoy. Yeah. Yeah. Did, now, now, what are the po potential possible complications you could think that, that could happen from that? Uh, your body tries to shit it out at one point. It gets stuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then you look like your bulldog when he eats a sock, you know, trying to shit it out, and he's like halfway through, halfway back. can't do it. Oh, and, and you know what's crazy about this is- it's a horrible idea. I've trained, uh, I've trained uh, let me think, three people. So I've had quite a few clients that were- Morbidly obese who had to do, you know, who had gastric bypass. That's where they cut the stuff. They actually basically removed You've only trained three that have done that? No, no, no. I've trained a lot. Oh, okay. But I've had three- That were like successful. That No, three that I followed up with later on who gained a lot of the weight back. Oh, yeah. Now, what you need to consider is when they do a gastric bypass, they don't have a stomach. Essentially, they have something the size of a thumb. That's oh, a pouch. Every, so yeah. And they stretch it out. They actually, over time, can stretch that out. Ugh. So you could put this balloon in your stomach. It could take up more space. But if you don't fix the the root cause, I mean, and you're determined, every, you'll figure out ways to stretch that out. Every client I train. For sure. Oh, really? I don't have one that did that, the bypass, and kept it off. Mm. I mean, you talk yeah. about- the, Me too. Everyone that I trained, uh, you know, some of them did, did for years, for a couple years. You know, some of them had a great success, had clients that lost over 100 pounds, and it was- uh, life changing for them for sure because they were in a, p a place where that mm -hmm. it was life like or death. Obese. Yeah. yeah, and they and they lost the weight. And some of them haven't put all of it back on, but all of them have, are back in 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 the you know obese category for sure. I don't. I didn't. I have yet to meet somebody who did it and it's changed their life. Yeah, it and does, most it doesn't treat any of the behaviors involved in that. Whole and, thing. I, and I'm talking. There could be someone listening, right? And said I've had a ton of, that had a ton of success. I'm talking long term. I'm not talking like a year, two years later. I'm talking, and we've been doing this for a long time, well, right? So I'm talking the, five years plus. Yes. Yeah. You know that down the road, eventually the because what happens is just like this. We're always looking for band-aids or sticking the hole in the sinking boat with all the holes and so that by putting a finger in the hole, you're not really addressing the root cause of this and that's where this what, what goes well, wrong well, here think is, about it this way if you don't first off if you're if you're morbidly obese to the point where your doctor says hey you know gastric bypass is a, is a good idea um and and they say it's a good idea because you are at such risk with the the obesity that you have your health is at such a bad risk that going through such a major invasive procedure like bypassing your stomach becomes a viable option so that's a bad situation to be in now, you're going to stop yourself from being that overweight by preventing your ability to eat a lot of food. You're essentially putting a roadblock in front of yourself, a painful one, because when you're done with your surgery, you have something about the size of your thumb, so it's a small pouch, versus the, the stomach, which can expand tremendously, where, you're going to, where the food's going to go after you eat it. So now you have this painful situation. But if you don't fix the root cause and you were able to get yourself there in the first place, which believe me, getting there in the first place wasn't a not painful situation either. Yeah. You'll you'll push past it. And that's what happens. Yeah. They push past it to the point where they actually stretch that little pouch out. 
They stretch it out over time and over time, yeah. or they eat all day because they can't eat a lot at one time, yeah. and they figure ways around it. Where there's a will, there's a way. Exactly, because you put a roadblock in front of somebody that roadblocks don't work. You have to change direction. You, if you don't change direction, if you don't change, the, the, the again, the driver... Um, you're just going to figure out ways to do it. I wonder if the one still... Doug, do you remember the name? You know what I'm talking about, right? It's I think re- it's Aspire Assist. Oh, yes, it is. Oh, Aspire, Aspire Assist. Yeah. Wow, you remember that. Yeah. Can, yeah. can you That's look exactly it up and see if it's it still like a thing? Is it go? Like I have yet to meet somebody who actually uses this. Obviously, you're probably not bragging about it or showing people if you Some do Some random this. guy at a party. Yeah, it's <laughs> always going to the restroom. Dude, right? show me. Yeah. Yeah, Doug's sharp. Yeah, I can't believe you remember uh, that, Doug. That's, that's good. That that's, was really good. That's crazy. I would have never yeah. guessed that. Amazing. But, <laughs> Why, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the As, eagle right there. Aspire, Aspire Assist was a tube connected to your stomach that came out of your belly. Yes. And you would eat food and then open it and empty your stomach out. So it's really an easier way to do bulimia. Is yeah. what it is. No, it totally is. It's, yeah, yeah and it, is. In, in, in my opinion, medical bulimia. In my opinion, encourages that. Yeah, it does. It's yeah. well. It, it, okay, so yes. How's it different? Instead of you, you're, it's no different. It's no different. Instead of you, you're out of the mouth. It's out of the stomach. Right. Instead of vomiting it, it up, you're just draining it's it. It's the same behavior. Exactly. It's, you're strengthening exactly the same behavior. How crazy yeah. is that? That we actually is have? that a recent article right there? You just pulled up, Doug, too. That 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 post. Or is this, the this is actually their website. Yeah. I see the first thing says FDA approved weight loss device. Well, the FDA isn't... They're, Shame. They're, the FDA is looking at stuff like this. Yeah, does, like, it, does it kill you? Or yeah. You? What are the infection rates? Is it, How long does it last? Do people actually lose weight? So does it work based on what the goal is? They're not looking at behavioral you know, type issues. Like, is this going to cause more of those... And also, you'd have to follow people for a long period of time to really start to figure that out. Right, you know right. what I'm saying? Agreed. Yeah. This quaz brought to you by Organifi. For those days you fall short on getting your organic veggies or whole food nutrition, Organifi fills the gap with laboratory-tested certified organic superfoods to help give your health and performance the added edge. Try Organifi totally risk-free for 60 days by going to Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com. And use the coupon code MINDPUMP for 20% off at checkout. All right, first question is from John Delia. How should you transition to a lower volume or intensity workout routine if you believe that you're overtraining? That's a good question. You know, um, we talk a lot about not overdoing it in the gym, either through the amount of exercise you're doing or the, how hard you're doing it. So once you've listened to us and you and you hear and you hear that message and think, okay, I need to, I need to scale back. Where do they start? You know, what I mean, where, where's, where's the first place they start? How should they? scale back and how do they know they're not scaling back god that's a real you know you you definitely gave us a really challenging one to start off with here because that that depends on this person uh so much on on who i who i'm talking to first of all i want i think it's important to say that this is less common than i think uh people think right this is uh i don't want uh, it's just like the people that have like really fucked up metabolisms right that have uh adrenal fatigue like it's it's less common than you think. It's become popular and people are talking about it more. I don't think that's too many people are like really overtraining. I think mm. that there's a lot of people that are probably pushing their body too far, too much without getting the proper rest and nutrition. Yeah. And that balance should be should that that should be fixed a little bit for optimal results. 
Um, yeah, I think people are like spinning their tires because they aren't applying proper recovery uh, programmed into their workout routines. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I don't. I don't think it's as common. I mean, in the athletic world, I could make you know I could probably see that a lot more prevalent. But um, at that point, you're that's part of you know being in sports. Like you are going to push the thresholds more so than you would if I'm just trying to you know get lean, get you know build muscle, get healthy. That's a totally different uh, uh, you know goal I'm I'm trying to achieve. Yeah. I so here's a good. A rule of thumb, and of course it depends on the individual, but a good rule of thumb is to start with reducing intensity. I think Not when you point. feel like you're overdoing it and you're just, your body's fried um, and you're not responding and you think you've really identified, okay, I think I'm just doing too much, um, reduce the intensity before you cut down the the volume and the frequency. <clears throat> I can take a complete beginner and easily overtrain the crap out of them in a 10-minute high-intensity ridiculous workout but i could also train them for 30 minutes every single day and not overtrain them so long as i manage the intensity and then the volume Uh, is the same there or even more but it's really that's such a good point i think that's that's actually a really good place to start is if you think you're this person you probably or most likely are the person too who is doing sets every set to failure you know low rest periods heart rates elevated you're drenched in sweat on your workouts instead of breaking or stepping back on the frequency of of your training back off the intent. I think that's that's great yeah. general advice. Yeah, I would go I'd just go easier. So if you're like, oh I'm overdoing it, do your same workout, but now go to the gym and cut your intensity down by twenty five percent. Two so, reps two reps short of failure. Yeah. So stop you know, cut your sets shorter a couple reps or go lighter, focus on form and technique. This was my one of my favorite strategies for myself when I would reach this point. I would still go to the gym, I would still do the same workout, but rather than pushing the intensity, I would just perfect my form. I'd go light I'd squeeze, full range of motion, feel good. And I would do that for until my body felt really good and rested, which could take as long as five weeks. Such a good point. And also, uh, you know, a lot of people think that you're going to lose because all of a sudden, you know, I, before I was pushing myself with 90 pound dumbbells on chest press and going to failure. And oh, now that I'm, I listen to Mind Pump and, and I might be overdoing it, now I'm going to do sets with. 60s or 70s, they're so afraid like they're going to lose a bunch of muscle that way. A lot of times what you see, if you are that person that was overdoing it, even cutting back on the intent, they end up getting more results. You, you gain it. more muscle. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's what happened to me the first time I did this. Um, I, I This was years ago. I was in my 20s, I think. And I cut the intensity back because I, I, I was just kept running into the same brick wall. Mm-hmm. So finally I said, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reduce the intensity. And I scheduled it. So I'm going to do this for, for four weeks. And um, I actually built a little bit of muscle. I built a little bit of muscle. And then when I went back to my higher intensity workouts, I was stronger than I was before. I didn't reduce the sets and I didn't reduce the frequency. Now, if reducing the intensity doesn't do it for you, the next thing I would do is reduce the volume of your of your workouts. If that doesn't do it, then the third thing I would reduce is the frequency. So frequency refers to how many, how, how many times a week you work out or how, many, how often you work out. Volume refers to the amount of work you do in a, in a in your workouts. So, you know, ten sets for my chest. This ten sets is considered the volume, and then of course intensity is how hard you work out. So, number one, and this again can be different from person to person, but generally speaking, number one, reduce intensity. If that doesn't work, then reduce volume. If that doesn't work, then reduce frequency and go down until you think you found your your sweet spot and then start to slowly move yourself back up. The other thing I want to mention on this is 
the amount of intensity and volume and frequency that you can handle is different uh, from time to time. Yes. Um, sometimes you could do a lot more. Maybe you're sleeping better. Uh, your life isn't as stressful. Your nutrition is really good. Um, maybe you haven't trained hard for a long time. So now you can handle a lot of, yeah. of volume, a lot of uh, intensity. Sometimes it's much less. Maybe you have a stressful situation going on at home. Let's say you just had a, a new baby um, and you're like, well, you know, I, I can barely handle. I, I used to be able to work out five days a week. And now I can only work out three days a week. That's okay. That's okay because as your circumstances change, then your workout volume can change as well. Yeah, that's all great general advice. Also, I mean, this is why that like companies like Whoop and, and they're, they're experimenting with HRV. They're trying to give you some kind of metric to kind of follow along with this. Might might be worth looking into something like that just to give you an added uh, you know, set of eyes uh, in, in the process to see your trends. Next question is from S. Robertson 19 I'm about to move on to phase two of map starter, and I was wondering how I can tell when I'm ready to add more weight to a lift. Is it once I can do over 12 reps with the current weight? Oh, this is great. This is like the opposite of the last question mm -hmm. that we just we mm -hmm. just addressed. All of our programs, there's a reason why it says like, you know, eight to 10 reps or 12 to 15 reps or six to eight is, and we did a YouTube video on this on like, how, first of all, how to choose the right weight first. Right. So I, I want to wait. My goal is to kind of fall somewhere in between that the, the very first time, because what I don't want is if it says eight to 10 reps, I don't want to be struggling at rep seven and barely be able to get out eight. If that's the case, then I need to back off the weight and I need to do a lighter weight, a weight that I'm hitting the low, the first part eight, right? Really easily. Nine, maybe I'm starting to feel that 10. It was like a real struggle to get 10 out. So I'm kind of landing right in between there. When you get to the point where you're doing on the, the high end, so if the rep range is 8 to 10 reps or 8 to 12 reps, and you're doing 12 easily, and you could have easily squeezed out two or three more reps, that's time to, to move the weight up a little bit. Yeah. So that's what you're looking for. You're looking for in any, any program, especially anyone that we write, where we give you a range, if you're hitting the higher range with ease and you know you can easily get two or three more reps out and you're, you're stopping it just because we tell you to stop there. Now it's time to increase the weight right there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. I, I, sometimes I think we, we try to add weight uh, because we think to ourselves, I think I can do yeah. five more. It's probably not the best time to add weight unless you're, you're a competitor like a power lifter and you're really trying to push the, you know, how much weight you push can lift. Push the envelope, yeah. I would say when your form is perfect and you're able to do the set with uh, a, a moderate to low intensity, so you're doing 10 reps and it just feels good, then you add weight. Then you can start to scale up and add more weight. But stay within your rep range. You know, um, uh, it, you know this person asked and said, if I can do over 12 reps at the current <coughs> weight, I mean, it depends. I mean, if your goal is to do 20 reps, then get to the point where you can do 24 reps, uh, 25 reps, then add weight so you can stay under the 20 rep range. If your goal is four reps, same thing. Once you get to the point where you do six or eight reps, add weight so you go back down to four. There's also another way that I love to teach increasing intensity here without manipulating with weight. Manipulate tempo. Mm -hmm. So if you get to a point where you're uh, being able to rep it out 12 times really easy, well, you guess what? I, get, I bet you if you added one second to each rep, one second on the eccentric portion of the exercise of each one of those reps, that gets extremely more difficult. I like that because sometimes people don't have access to more weight. So let's say you're working out at home mm -hmm. and you have up to 15 pound or 20 pound dumbbells. You know, I've had this happen before with clients. I can only do, you know, I can already do 15 reps mm -hmm. and it's really easy for me. What do I do? And it's like, slow down. Yeah. Slow your reps down. I've always liked that harder. for form too. Yes. Like, that's why I'm, yeah. it's, it's a great place to take somebody who's kind of a beginner 
And it's like, in, so for example, if you get Especially down, a beginner. you get down right now and uh, most people are, you know, a, a good portion of people can uh, rep out 10 pushups really fast, pump them out. Right. But, and, and that 10 pushups took them 10, maybe 12 seconds, 15 seconds tops to do those same 10 pushups with a tempo that takes you 30 seconds to do that. You will notice a huge difference in intensity. And what's great is it sends a new signal to the, like it's just because it's the same movement doesn't mean that it won't promote more muscle growth but it's because you're now manipulating one of the factors, which is tempo yeah. in that you'll see, you'll get a good positive signal building muscle. You it's know, a great you know way when, to do it. You know, when bodybuilders were doing a lot of that messing with tempo during uh, World War II, because it was very, very hard to buy iron for weights uh, because uh, they, they were using it to build airplanes and bombs and stuff like that. So gyms weren't able to buy lots of weights. So the weights were real light. And so that was the time that bodybuilders were like, okay, what do we do? Let's start training much slower. Yeah. So you actually had bodybuilders uh, during the period of, d- during that World War II period who were who built their bodies using these kind of slower reps. I, I like that tip so much too because, and I've, I know I've said it on the show at least a handful of times. Where, you know, if you look in a gym, I think one of the one of the most uh, underrated tools that I see the, the majority using is is the tempo portion or the slowing down the portion of the eccentric portion of the exercise where look the next time you walk in the gym somebody bench pressing doing dumbbell curls doing shoulder press and pay attention on the way down when they're lowering the weight the easier part of the exercise see if you can count four seconds in your head and that's the protocol for hypertrophy so if you know the ideal timing for hypertrophy when training an exercise like that is a good four second negative You'll rarely see that. You normally see one to two seconds. No, you so, never see that. Right. So if 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 you're getting to a place where you're strong enough with a weight or your body weight, in this case, in a rep, and you want to uh, increase your intensity and you want to do it properly without risking injury, one of the best, best places, and by the way, I said four seconds. It doesn't mean you can't do five or six seconds either. You know, slow down the rep. It'll increase the intensity. And like Justin's point, you work on your form. And then two, you don't increase your risk factor. Yep. And as a matter of fact, that the tempo becomes more important as you get older, uh, for sure. Because as you handle heavier and heavier weights, the risk of injury, uh, you know, goes up if your form is off a little bit. So it's a really good skill to learn. Um, and as you age, you just slow down the reps. But yeah, that all being said, once you get out of your rep range and you feel comfortable and your form is real good, just go ahead and add weight. Uh, it's not it's not that big of a deal. Just go and add weight, but don't add it if you have this mentality. Don't think to yourself like, can I do five more pounds? I think I can squeeze out five more pounds. A lot of guys do that, and that's when form goes out the window. Next question is from livingproof277. You guys often mention how people who lose a lot of weight fast are, in a way, doomed to gain it back and then some. As someone who has done this, what tips could you give me to avoid falling falling into yo-yo dieting? Uh, listen to two episodes yeah. ago. Yeah. For you're sure, doomed. right? doomed. Yeah, two things. First thing I want to cover is uh, physiologically speaking, uh, uh, besides the extremes, okay, besides the crazy extremes, losing a lot of weight fast physiolo- physiologically isn't going to make you gain it back any faster. There's nothing happening in your body. On a physiological level, that means it's going to make a game back uh, much faster or guarantee that you're going to gain it back. <laughs> what we're talking about is the behavioral uh, stuff. That's where you see the big issue because studies mm-hmm. do show mm-hmm. that when people lose a lot of weight, um, if they maintain nutrition and exercise and all that stuff, it's fine. It's usually not an issue. The problem is the behaviors that were that are needed to maintain that are not solidified. And oftentimes, the things you do to lose weight real fast – 
are not behaviors that are conducive well, to long-term. They're not sustainable. They're right. not long-term successful. Well, you're uh, you're also you're also getting the body to adapt to a because the reason why people lose weight so fast is normally they do too dramatic of a swing, meaning they go. Uh, they start to increase their activity significantly from what it was just currently at. And they also, in conjunction, reduce their calories significantly. And the body has like a very sweet spot of like, let's just, and this is, these are hypothetical numbers, but just for making this point, you lose, uh, you know, someone loses weight really quick. And so, it, and, and because they're counting their calories so much, they're moving so much, it's happening rapidly. And it equates out to two pounds a month. Well, you may have got those two pounds a month without even having to, re- or two pounds, a, they say week or month? Month. Week, month. month. Yeah. That two pounds a month, you, you, you could have easily got that potentially without having to reduce the calories as low. And all you really did was get your body used to eating a lot less calories. So yes, it, there's nothing physiologically that happens that guarantees you're going to gain the weight back, but you definitely have done something physiologically to you that has changed how fast your metabolism is, and that is setting you up for the the unlikelihood of long-term success. Well, so so there are studies on this, and they find that uh, like a 72-hour fast or a significant calorie cut over the course of 10 days or 14 days actually uh, has less negative impact on or less metabolic adaptations than a slow, long diet uh, would. Um, but that, that's not really the issue here. The issue isn't, you know, is losing weight fast worse or better for my body? And is it going to make me gain the, the weight back because something is happening to my body on a physiological level? That's not the problem. That's not what we're talking about here. And, of course, we're staying away from the extremes. On the crazy extremes, it's not good for your body physiologically. What we're talking about is – the behaviors, the psychology of what ends up happening. If you go from one lifestyle, because in order to lose a lot of weight real quick, that means you completely, you change a lot of things real fast. The odds that those things that you change real fast are going to stick are much lower when they happen really quick versus when they happen gradually over time, allowing you to build upon new behaviors. This is, this is the problem because nine out of 10 times when I've seen people lose weight real fast, it's through behaviors that they just can't maintain. It's like I went from eating garbage and not exercising to working out five days a week and eating this super structured planned uh, you know, menu of, of nutrition. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a huge difference, a huge change. And in, in, in keeping that change to be very, very difficult. It's much, much more effective to add one little thing at a time Wait till that becomes a part of your normal daily behaviors. When that feels normal, then you add something else, and, and that's 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 the best approach uh, long term. I agree, but I think it's also important to note that even the studies that you're citing right now, you're talking about ten to fourteen days, and I think it's really it's a, more common than maybe we think that a lot of these people come out the gates with way more extreme swings than that for longer periods of time. 60, 90 days. Most people set a goal like, okay, the next three months, I'm going to eat this way. I'm going to go to the gym every single day. And that dramatic of a swing of increasing your activity level that high and then also significantly decreasing your calories, I know right in a short period, you know, like quick fast, things like that are not a big deal. But for three months straight of a diet that you are grossly under eating nutrients that your body needs and over and pushing it and exerting it more than you would absolutely has physiological changes. Well, yeah, there's definitely going to be a metabolic um, adaptation, but the big problems come from the people who diet all the time or diet, don't diet, diet, don't diet. 
allow their bodies to swing. But again, I think we we worry too much about the physiological stuff. Like, you know, oh, if you lose it fast, your body wants to gain it back, and we need to stop worrying so much about. No, that I agree stuff. with you. The behavioral side is for that's sure. the most important. No, we agree on that. But yeah. I think it's important that the people understand both are happening. Sure, it's not just behavior. There's also physiological things that are happening too. Yes, sure. in a short term, not as much. But long term, absolutely, especially chronically for years, if you're always that person who yeah. is in these extreme diets. I mean, I know both mm. of you have, how many times have you had that client? I and mean, this yeah. is when we first started to learn about metabolic adaptation because first, before we even started doing the research around it. Well, it's cyclical. I mean, the, the, I've trained a lot of people that actually like plan this out throughout the year where they sort of allow their themselves to indulge a bit more. Maybe it's in like the colder months or maybe it's like, you know, like after they, they go to compete or do something very specific. And then, you know, and then they cut so hard, they cut so hard for like, like you said, maybe like two, three months where it, it is so restrictive where they're, they're eating like 500 calories almost. They're, they're, they're exercising like ridiculously. They're adding nothing but cardio on top of all that. And then they're left with this, just like this, this new body that they're trying to now have to repair all these things that they've done to themselves. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say so to how to prevent the, the weight from coming back. So you're in a position now, you've lost a lot of weight in a short period of time. How do I mitigate the the, the potential weight gain? Build well, muscle. Build muscle and you're going to have to structure and plan your way back. It's, you're not going to – don't rely on willpower because you're going to screw yourself. So focus on strength. Focus on building muscle. Slowly increase your calories and structure it and plan it. So you know, okay, I'm going to add 150 calories a day to my diet for the next couple of weeks. Monitor yourself. Okay, the scale hasn't moved up that much. I'm feeling good. Now I'm going to go up another 100 calories for the next couple of weeks. Slowly build up your calories while trying to build muscle. Hopefully the weight that you gain through that, and usually this will happen if you do it right, you'll end up building muscle. Now you're with a faster metabolism, and that's the best insurance you have against uh, the, the weight gain uh, that, you know, that comes from the, the, the crash dieting. Next question is from Asshole. 41. <laughs> you guys do a great job preaching yes. mindfulness around technology and social media use. Do you think we should do the same for audio media, such as podcasts or audiobooks? It all depends on how you're using all of this stuff. And how it's affecting the other parts of your life. Yeah, right? so it's not, it's not like there's a problem. So technology isn't inherently bad. It's, not, it's also not inherently good. It's a tool. Um, it's, like, it's like a knife, okay? A knife on the table. Is it good or bad? I don't know. Depends how you use it. If I use it to stab Justin, yeah, uh, then it's, I might have deserved it. It's bad. Yeah. If I use that knife to you know, cut my steak or whatever, then it's, that's good. Same thing with technology. That's what mindfulness around these things is, is really all about. It's not that they're bad. It's like, how am I using them? Am I on uh, social media, for example, and am I, am I just mind, mindlessly distracting myself, just wasting time, distracting myself, so that I don't have to do important things or think about uh, difficult things. Same thing for audio. Yeah, just because it's making you smarter or growing you as an individual doesn't mean you're not utilizing the tool to distract you from reality. That's true. Yeah. Absolutely. So really, it's all about how you use it. That's what mindfulness is all about. It's about being present. How am I using this tool right now? By the way, sometimes it's okay to distract yourself. Um, I think it's okay when you know you are. So it, it becomes a problem when you, you're distracted and then it gets out of hand. Yeah. On top of the, you know, what you guys said, like for me, there's a time where I'm like 
really focused on input. So I, I tend to listen to a lot of podcasts. I'm trying to listen to audiobooks. Like, and uh, th- there's also a time where I try and shut everything off and yep. be quiet and still. And you have to kind of know what that balance looks like and when you need one versus the other. Uh, because uh, for the most part, why we preach about like sort of backing away from technology a bit is just because we're so inundated with it all the time. And so to I don't think a lot of people, the majority of people are applying practices of stillness and of practic- practices of, you know, shutting off like all stimulus. It's funny um, because we have like these perceptions of things, right? So like, uh, you know, if you had somebody who just read books all day long, uh, for some reason we think, oh, that's a good thing. That's great. He's reading or she's reading all the time. Books uh, could be used to be just as distracting. In fact, in the past when, when there was no technology or when the top was technology the way do it. was yeah. books, you there were definitely people who who buried themselves in books, and, and there's a lot of people that live their lives. They and, do that because of insecurities. Sure, they don't. They they're socially awkward, and so they mm. they they justify that's why they read all the time. But if it's getting in the way of relationships and mm-hmm. other parts of your life, and only the only person who knows that is you. Yep, like you have to decide that. And just because it is something that's positive for growth, if it's uh, if you're doing it as an escape from your relationship or your reality, like. You know, that's where it's, I think it comes from. That's why, it's, and I think that social media gets a bad name. And I know we've talked, I've talked about different books on there and we've had guests on here. We've talked about it, but again, it could, it's also an amazing tool. I mean, what yeah. a, what an amazing, I, I mean, I, and now having a son who, you know, I've got his own little private account and I'm posting his stuff. It's like, as I'm doing it, I'm going like, man, this is going to be so yeah. fucking cool for him. And I wish I had that. Like mm-hmm. I, how we, how neat would that be yeah. right now as you as adults, if you guys could go back and look at a timeline of you as a baby to young young adult. I mean, that's just, we have that now. That's it's awesome. It's not just that. Like, I would have learned so much at, at this point if I would have had uh, the resources that we have now. Like, listening to audiobooks, listening to podcasts. I just get so much more out of that because there's passion behind it versus some stuffy teacher that doesn't even want to be there. Yeah. I got that, like, my whole, you know, academic career. And it, it, it's, it's unfortunate. And I... You know, I'm glad some people had different experiences, but uh, you know what we have now is is just it's amazing. Yeah, it's uh, here's another good example: exercise, right? So if I if I say is exercise good or bad, everybody says, "Oh, it's great." Not, no, it's also neutral. Lots of people in the fitness space use exercise as a way to distract themselves, as a way to get away from their problems. I know a lot. Of, I used to know a lot of people with fit, ripped bodies who had no relationships. No friends, no family, terrible credit scores, couldn't, uh, you know, get fired from jobs because that was what all they obsessed about was their their workouts. So, you know, I, I want to make this point because, again, I want I want to make sure people don't think that we're preaching that technology is bad. It's just Mm-mm. know how you're using it, be aware of how you're using it, uh, just like anything else. And if you want to waste some time, tell yourself, I'm going to waste about an hour messing around on social media rather than letting it yeah. acknowledge get that, away from that you. fact. Yeah. Or if you're stressed out and you're on social media flipping through like, wait a minute, am I just distracting myself? I should be dealing with this, you know, stressful situation I need to, to work on or whatever. And with that, go to mindpumpfree.com and download all of our resources and guides. You can also find the three of us on Instagram. You can find Justin at Mind Pump Justin. Me at Mind Pump Sal and Adam at Mind Pump Adam. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. 
The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.